And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man in front of you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and we'll continue celebrating Easter on this edition of Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will conclude the Jack Benny Easter program from 1955. Then it's an Easter broadcast of The Shadow from 1940, starring Bill Johnstone. And by my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? Happy Easter. Thank you. You too. What's going on in Hollywood? Amy Poehler is what's going on. Yeah. I know you're a big fan. Just think she's awesome. She sure is. Well, she is going to direct, star in, and produce a Netflix comedy. Yeah. A movie called okay. Wine Country. Wine so Country. it's right up your alley. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is her directorial debut. I'm such debut. a wino. You're a whiner, for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, this is her directorial debut, and it's also starring Rachel Dratch. Yeah, I like her. Anna Gasteyer. Yes. Maya Rudolph. Remember Rachel Dratch? Wah, wah. Debbie Downer. I say that to you Gosh, all the time. I love her. Now, who else is in Anna it? Gasteyer. Yeah, she's great. Maya Rudolph. Awesome. And Tina Fey. What? So these are her SNL alums. These are alums. like uh, all my favorites. Right, and it's going to be written There's by... There's no guys in it? Because well, I'll be in it if they want. There might be, but okay. these are the, the women of SNL right. uh, alums that are together. And the script is written by two SNL veterans as well. So this is a real collaboration. You know the name of it? I sure do. I told you it's called Wine Country. <laughs> in case you forgot. I have a very short term memory. I noticed that. It, they are going to be That's filming. That's all the wine I'm drinking. I noticed that too. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be filming in March in L.A. and Napa, California. Right. And it's about old friends who get together for a weekend getaway. And they go to celebrate a 50th birthday. But, of course, they get into some High trouble. Case. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. So it sounds like a lot of fun simply because of the women I want to be in it. In it. I, I want to be in it with you. I want to be I in it. I do, too. Amy Poehler, if you're right. listening. Yes. I want to be written into we your script. We will work for free. Lisa, too. Yeah. Well, too. I would work for nothing. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds great. But not normally, just for that yeah, movie, sounds, just so we're clear. Sounds terrific. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. Last time, we began listening to an Easter episode of the Jack Benny program. Let's go back now to April 10th, 1955. For the conclusion to the Jack Benny program. Jack, you got the cigarettes? Yes, yes. Come on, Mary. Let's keep walking. My, oh, me, there's so much to see as you stroll the avenue. And you greet all the friends you meet. Hippie is still to you. Well, Mr. Ketchum. Mr. Kitzel, it's nice running into you today. Unusual pleasure, Mr. Benny. And how are you, Miss Livingstone? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. 
Mr. Kitzel, you certainly look nice in those striped pants, cutaway coat, and top hat. Thank you. It's just right for Easter. Oh, thank you. But you know, I'm also wearing it for sentimental reasons. Oh. This is the suit in what I got married. Oh, when you got married? Yes. See, that must have been about 20 years ago. Yeah, funny how a little thing like that sticks with you. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, my, I'll never forget that ceremony. When they said, if anyone has any objection to this marriage, speak now or forever hold your peace. Yes. A voice from the back hollered, don't marry her. Oh, my goodness. Who was it? Me. I'm a ventriloquist. <laughs> oh, Mr. Kitzel, you're joking. Unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Kitzel, it was a pleasure running into you on Easter, but we've got to be moving along. Goodbye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Kitzel. Goodbye. You know, Mary, it's always nice running into Mr. Kitzel. He seems so cheerful and... Hey, look, Mary, there's a photographer taking pictures of couples on the street. Oh, yes. I'm going to have him take our picture. Oh, no, Jack. I'm not going to have a picture taken with you wearing that suit. All right, I'll have one taken myself. Oh, Mr. Mr. I'd like to... I'd like to have my picture taken. Well, good. Just stand over there, Admiral. I'm not Admiral Burke. Now, how would you like me to pose? Well, first, I'd better line you up. There, that does it. Now, would you mind rolling your trousers up above the knee? Why, do you want to see my legs in the picture? No, but the less I get of that suit, the better. Now, wait a minute. I've had enough insults from you. Yeah, hold still. I've got you in focus. Now, open your mouth and smile. Like this? Rider, rider, rider. Why do you want my mouth open so wide? The less I get of that face, the better. <laughs> now cut that out. If you're a photographer, I'm a monkey's uncle. You have a penis. <laughs> Come on, Mary. I'll get my picture taken some other time. How a guy like that ever expects people... Jack, roll down your pants leg. Come on, Mary. We'll walk as far as La Brea. Bun. Bun. Huh? Come here a minute. Me? Yeah. Excuse me, Mary. Yeah? What are you doing? <laughs> We're just strolling along in the Easter parade. How far are you going? <laughs> to La Brea. That's fine. What? You said you was going to La Brea, and I said that's fine. Well, wait a minute. Aren't you going to try to talk me out of it? Not me. This is my day off. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, happy Easter. Well, same to you. Same to you.
Come on, Mary. Uh, what happened? Nothing. It's all right. We can go to La Brea. <laughs> Come on. It's such fun just to nod and say Happy Easter. You greet all the friends you meet. Happy Easter to you. Dana! Hello, Dennis. Hello, Mary. Hey, Dennis, you having a nice Easter? Oh, sure. I colored Easter eggs all morning and then I hid them. Uh huh. And then I told my mother to go look for them. Ooh, that must have been fun. Oh, no, it was a mess. The eggs splattered all over my mother's new dress, her two nightgowns, and six of my father's shirts. Well, Dennis, where'd you hide the eggs? In the washing machine. In the washing machine? Yeah, it was awful. Dennis, I don't understand this. Colored Easter eggs shouldn't splatter. How long did you boil them? Oh, boil them! <laughs> Dennis, Jack and I are walking down as far as La Brea. Would you like to join us? Sure, I'm not stuck up. Well, that's mighty decent of you. Is that you, boss? Yes, Rochester, I'm back. How was the Easter parade? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Everybody was dressed so nice. I ran into so many people I know. You know, I walked so far, my feet hurt. They do? Yes. I think I'll soak them in some hot water. Bring me that big pan in the kitchen. I'm sorry, boss, but somebody else is already using that pan. Who? The sound man. His feet hurt worse than yours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good night, folks. The Jack Benny program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer, John Tackerberry, Al Gordon, Al Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Filter smokers, here's the true tobacco taste you've been looking for. Filter-tip Tyrton gives you all the full, rich flavor of Tyrton's famous quality tobacco. And real filtration, too. Filter-tip Tyrton incorporates activated charcoal, renowned for its unusual powers of selective filtration and used far and wide to purify the air we breathe, the water and beverages we drink. Look for the red, white, and blue stripes on the package. They identify Filter-tip Tyrton, the best in filtered smoking. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. That's the Jack Benny program, a good Easter show from April 10th, 1955. Jack Benny and all his gang. That was originally sponsored by Lucky Strike, but we removed all the Lucky Strike commercials as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that. Just a few minutes. We'll tune into the shadow. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Sarah Knight Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. Journey's End, rated PG-13. This World War I British film takes place over four days in March of 1918. We watch as C Company, 12 men, are ordered to the front line in the trenches of northern France, awaiting a German attack. With an all-star cast, Sam Claflin, 
Paul Bettany, Asa Butterfield, Toby Jones, and Tom Sturridge. Let's take a listen. We won't last five minutes if the Germans attack. You'll stay where you are for as long as you can. When's it expected? Day after tomorrow. This waiting is like being summoned to the headmaster. They've sent us here to die. Here's another clip. All these youngsters do not realize how unlucky they are. What does it matter? They all feel like we do. The bottom line, I'm way in. Three and a half stars out of four. Director Saul Dibb gives us a remarkable sense of authenticity with outstanding performances from a very strong cast. The film sharply portrays the details of bravery and fear as the men all cope with their life-or-death situation. Yes, this is pretty bleak stuff with the addition of a dramatic, mournful score. However, it's powerfully moving. You will also gain a strong sense of how these soldiers truly felt about their impending fate. Check out all of my reviews and interviews on sarahsbackstagepass.com. See you next week. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Across about 200 radio stations coast to coast. We do have a website for this show. It is Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. And when you go there, you're going to see a pop-up with our surprise boxes. You should learn all about them. Surprise box one is classic radio shows on CD. Surprise Box 2 is Classic Movies and TV Shows on DVD. And Surprise Box 3 is Twilight Zone Radio Dramas on CD. You spend $39.99, you get $150 or more worth of product in each one of those categories. People absolutely love it. Right, Lisa? They're texting and emailing. They do. It's been a big hit. And they're using uh, their uh, smoke signals. However, to let us know how much they love the surprise boxes. That's because we choose with love, and we put a great box together to ensure that you will love it. Yep, and people do. So go to Hollywood360radio.com. Check out our surprise boxes. And when you're at our website, make sure that you look at our banner about our free app for classic radio lovers. It's uh, yours to download free, and when you do... You get 10 free classic radio shows. Check out our app. Make sure you download it to your iPhone or uh, Google phone or whatever iPhone you have. 
Right? Right. Lisa was able I, to do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, so what does that mean? So that means anybody can do it, yeah, right? Yeah, who's talking yeah, over gosh, there. Yeah, gosh, you at least know about this stuff. I don't. I'm I terrible at it. I don't I even know my Apple ID. Uh, I know that. I mean, that that's really, that's not good. No, it's not. I don't even know my Apple ID. Luckily, you have a daughter. You know what I do you. know, though? That I like the shadow. Good. The Shadow's a great radio show. Let's go back to March 24th, 1940, for The Plot That Failed, an Easter show starring Bill Johnstone as The Shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The Shadow knows. <laughs> the Shadow, mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. The Shadow uses his hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the shadow belongs. Today's story, The Plot That Failed. As our scene opens, we see a big power shovel deep in its self-made pit. The excavation of the right. cellars and sub-cellars for the point building. Joel, look over. Well, you'll be through digging this hole by tomorrow. Yeah, Joe. Boss tell you where we go next? No, he didn't say. Probably be laid off for a while. Hey, Tony, back that truck closer. I gotta go close. Huh. It's getting hot in here. Luke, check that water in the motor, huh? Yeah. Well, the water's okay. Hey, something screwy. The motor stopped. Hey, what's the matter? All the insulation's melting off the wires. The engine's white hot. Hey, what's the matter? The data, she's falling down. Luke, get out of there. The controls won't work. Hey, look out. I'm trailing. You better get out yourself. Hurry up. There goes the derrick. Run! Run before the gas tank is full! Run! All right, Margo, all right. Yes, we'll buy the 400 eggs tonight. Yes, we'll hard-boil them. Yes. And then tomorrow morning, we'll put on our long rabbit ears and play Easter Bunny for all the little children you've ever heard of. Well, Lamont, if you don't want to help me, you don't have to. Shreve doesn't ever come. We'll never get the eggs done. Oh, you'll be along. He probably... Well, here he comes now with all the speed of a slow-gated snail. Shreve, hurry up. Get this cab going. I'm sorry, Mr. Chris. <laughs> the funniest thing I ever seen, I ever... Well, you don't sound sorry. Oh, Miss Lane, if you'd have seen those two guys hopping around, you'd have died laughing, you'd have died. What happened? Well, you see, I was looking in a hole, and down in the hole was this big extraditing machine, and them two fellas was waking it. Well, it must have got hot or something, because the machine started to melt, it started. Started to melt? Yeah. Oh, were they funny. <laughs> Uh, where do you want to go to? We're going to get some eggs, Shrevey. And on the way, we'll stop and see Professor Brown at City University. Oh, Lamont, that's like saying we're going to Chicago from New York by way of Florida. It'll only take a moment, And Mark. it'll only take a moment to get the eggs. And the modern market is right on the way. Excuse me for sticking my nose in where Angel speared a thread, but I could get the eggs I could get while you two was talking to the professor at City University. Shrevey, you're a genius. Mr. Cranston, I believe. Come in. Professor Brown, and this is Miss Lane. How do you do? It's a pleasure. Won't you come in? I'm afraid you'll find my laboratory built for work and not for comfort. Oh, I think it's delightful. It's never been called that before. Oh, uh, Dr. Paul. Hello. 
Well, Miss Lane, Mr. Cranston, I'd like to have you meet my assistant, Dr. Forbes. How do you do, Dr. Forbes? Oh, Miss Lane, won't you sit here? Yes, thank you, Dr. Forbes. I appreciate your coming here, Mr. Cranston, more than I can tell you. Particularly since my request will probably seem a bit strange. I want you to help me find the shadow. The shadow? You've heard of him, haven't you? Yes, of course I've heard of him, but... Uh... How did you happen to ask me to help you find him? I asked Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Weston. He hit on the splendid thought that you might be interested due to your work as an amateur criminologist. Oh, I see. We, we must find the shadow. Well, from what I know of that elusive gentleman, that's a man-sized job in itself. You must tell me more of your plan, Professor Brown. Well, that is certainly a reasonable request, but we'd appreciate it if you trust us for the moment and believe us when we tell you that it's of great national importance. All right, Professor Brown. I'll try to find the shadow for you. Let's break from the shadow more after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to the shadow. That's one of the funniest things I ever heard. Miss Lane, if you don't mind my sticker, yes, my Yes, I nose. know where angels fear to tread. Excisely. Well, Professor Brown just asked Mr. Cranston to find the shadow by tonight. <laughs> oh, that's a hot one, Mr. Pellet said. Did you get the eggs, Remy? <laughs> uh, all the eggs. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got them, I got them. Good, Shrevey. Let's get going. Commissioner Weston's office. Commissioner Weston? Well, when are we going to hard-boil Easter eggs? We can do that after we've seen the commissioner. There's something funny about this, Margot. <laughs> Very funny. No, but seriously. Either the commissioner is playing a joke on me and the professor, or the professor has never talked to Commissioner Weston. In either case, I want to find out. We have a ribbon at our destination, Mr. Cranston. Fine, Shrevey. Mr. Cranston, when you see Commissioner Weston, would you put in a good word for my bosom friend and companion, Big Charlie? He's in the clink, he is. Well, not this time, Shrevey. We haven't much time. Don't forget, there are 400 eggs eagerly waiting to be boiled and decorated by Easter morn. You wait here, Margo. I won't be long. Lamont, if you're not back here in 10 minutes, Shrevey and I'll come in and boil all 400 eggs right in the commissioner's office. Commissioner Weston, you know I hate to interrupt you when you're so busy, but uh, this time I just came to thank you. Thank me, Cranston, for what? For commending my abilities as an amateur criminologist to Professor Brown of City University. Now listen, Cranston, I will admit that you've given me a few tips at times that have been a great help. But I never recommended you as a professional or even an amateur criminologist to anybody. Much less uh, Professor... What's his name at City University? That's all I wanted to know, Commissioner Weston. Many thanks and good day. Uh, Cranston, what's on your mind? Come back here. I've got to cook 400 eggs for Easter. Didn't you get no chance at all to mention Big Charlie, Mr. Cranston? Your commission was too busy, Shrevey. Maybe we'll have better luck next time. I'm afraid there won't be no next time, I'm afraid. Because I think Big Charlie's little woman is going to suck him on the head with something when he gets out. She's mad enough now to end up a widow. Well, that's pretty mad. Lamont, do you think that Commissioner Weston was fooling you about not recommending you to Professor Brown? I don't know, Margot. You don't suspect Professor Brown and Dr. Forbes of anything wrong, do you? Well, they're hardly the criminal type. But I still wonder why they want the shadow to help them. We're at the university we're at. Uh, very good, Shrevey. And drive Miss Lane home. 
I'm going in to tell them that I didn't find the shadow. Uh, Margot, it's a shame we don't know where the shadow is, as I know that he would like to investigate this right now. Oh, very well, Lamont. Be careful. Yeah, don't take no wooden nickels. All right, Shreevy. And don't you take any rough roads on the way home. Remember those eggs. I will. I won't. Yes? Who's there, Professor? I... I saw the door open and close. Oh, so did I. You're quite right, Dr. Forbes. Oh, what did you say, Brown? Professor Brown said nothing. It is the shadow that speaks. Extraordinary. I wouldn't have believed that complete invisibility was possible unless I'd witnessed the phenomenon. Yes. Your ability, Shadow, can be most useful to us if you will assist us in our work. I should like to know a little about this work before I give you my answer. Just what do you plan to do? Well, it's perfectly reasonable for you to ask. Brown and I have perfected a device or system for communication or signaling. It can be used either for carrier beams that will give direction to airplanes or ships at sea or, or for carrying direct messages. That's very interesting. But why do you need me? You are most important. Recently, for... we have discovered that some forces not interested in the welfare of this country have learned of our invention. Unfortunately, it must be tested more thoroughly than it has been in the confines of our laboratory before we can offer it to the government. Just what do you expect the shadow to do? Well, we hope that the shadow will cooperate. Without being seen, he can place six of the machines at various strategic points around the city. We'll make it well worth your while, Shadow. This device will make us more powerful. Enough, Brown, please. Yes. Well, Shadow, are you interested in joining us in this very worthy experiment? Very much interested indeed, Dr. Forbes. Oh, good, good. Well, then I'll explain further. Now, at the six strategic points in this city, we've rented rooms and lofts. The machines are all boxed in plain packing cases, and they're to be left in their wrappings. There are only three things that you must do. First, place the packing case near the window. Second, be sure the side with the circle faces the window. And third, uncoil the wire at the back of the case and plug it into a wall socket. Is that all clear? Perfectly. Where are the cases? Well, four of them are here just outside the entrance hall, and two others are now at the buildings on either side of the new excavation on Main Street... Their exact location and that of the six strategic points are on a list that you'll take with you. Oh, uh, uh, give him the list, Brown. Uh, yes. Well, good luck, Shadow. Later, you'll see for yourself what this machine can really do. Thank you, Dr. Forbes. It'll be very interesting to see what this experiment proves. I'm quite anxious to know just how it will make us so powerful. <laughs> Shadow. Shadow! Oh, he's gone. He fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. It is several hours later. We find a very tired and footsore Lamont Cranston struggling off the elevator of an apartment building with two heavy bundles, one under each arm. He goes down the hall. <sighs> Where have you been? What have you been doing? What are those things? Oh, oh, one at a time, Margot. Let me put these things down. Ah, there. 
Now, to answer your question, I've been all over the city carrying packing cases up and downstairs. Oh, you poor dear. Yes. Next time two scientific gentlemen have some freight to be hauled, they can call on the express company. But what have you been doing? Oh, I've nearly been going crazy. Did you ever try to boil 400 eggs in a wash boiler all at once? <laughs> I don't think it can be done. <laughs> There's one thing I wish you could do. What? Make me some coffee. Oh, sure. We've got work to do, and I'm afraid I'll go to sleep. All right, I'll make them out of it. Uh, Margo, uh, where's that big city map of yours? Oh, um, in the top drawer of my desk. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I got it. Now, uh, let me see. Right there. Right there. Oh, I'm a stupid fool. What'd you say, Lamont? Oh, I've been an idiot, Margo, a blind idiot. What is it? Look, look at this map. Mm-hmm. See these six places that I've marked? Yeah. That's where I put the machines tonight. Do you notice anything unusual about their location? Well, they're in three different parts of town. Yes. But if you look more closely, you'll notice that they're grouped in pairs. One machine of each pair is placed on either side of an important key point. Police headquarters, telephone building, the powerhouse. Well, Lamont... You haven't told me yet what these machines are, what they do. For a very good reason. I don't know. Well, what are those two packages you brought in? Well, they're a pair of the machines. I thought you distributed them all. I'm afraid that our friends at the City University are going to be a little upset when they find bricks and scrap iron in one pair of the cases. Well, what are you going to do with the machines that you have here? Well, first, we'll set them opposite each other, each side of the room. Lamont Cranston, don't you plug those machines in until you find out what they do. I brought them here so I could examine them more closely. Uh, Margaret, will you take the paper off that one while I take it off this one? Yes, all right. Look, Lamont. Yeah? It's something like a cross between an X-ray and a television outfit. It looks innocent enough. Lamont, you may be doing those two men a great injustice. You may be right, Margot. Well, Brown, is everything in order? Did you check all the machines? Yes, Dr. Forbes. The shadow has been a good and efficient assistant. The machines are all in place and working. Now the only thing to do is to wait. Good. You know, it's a shame that we have to destroy the shadow. He could be most useful, but it's too dangerous to allow him to live to learn the true purpose of my machine. Your machine? Yes, mine. But I invented it. Yes. Unlike so many inventors, you were too stupid to realize its true potentialities. Without me, you'd still be nothing. Now you stand on the threshold of a new life. A new life? Uh, uh, what is our first step after tonight? You don't have to worry about that. Oh, but come, there are a couple of things yet to be done. Are the two extra machines set up in the room behind the laboratory? Yes, they are. And the control panel is in order right by the door. Uh, have you tested it? Oh, yes, of course. All right. Now, the next thing to do is for you to call Lamont Cranston and his friend Miss Lane on the phone and have them over here a few minutes before midnight. Uh, what for? Oh, just to thank them for finding the shadow for me and perhaps reward them with a demonstration of the machine. I'm sure they'd be interested. Uh, Dr. Forbes, are you planning to destroy them too? They know too much. They know nothing. I can take no chances. Uh, but that's murder. Murder, I tell you. You're right, Professor Brown. You know, sometimes I get so carried away with the importance of our invention that I lose all perspective. I, I'm sorry. Oh, forget it, Doctor. I'm afraid I was upset, too. Oh, that's all right. 
Oh, by the way, Professor, would you get me my heavy rubber gloves? I want to check on you high-tension insulators. Oh, surely. Uh, where are they? They're in the room back of the laboratory. I'll get them. I, uh, I don't see your gloves back here. Dr. Forbes, get away from that control panel. Don't touch that switch. You fiend! You fiend! Don't! Ah! Exit, Dr. Brown. Completely. Hello? Yes? This is Margot Lane. Who is this? Who? Oh, Dr. Forbes. Yes, doctor. How are you? Mr. Crampton is there, and he's had an accident. Yes, certainly, doctor. I'll hurry right over. Oh, Lamont. This is getting less and less funny. What was that all about, Margot? Dr. Forbes informs me that you were at Professor Brown's laboratory and have met with an accident. What? What shall I do? Let me use your phone. Who are you calling? I'm calling my apartment house. Hello? And this is Mr. Cranston. Many phone calls come in for me in the last few minutes. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, just as I suspected. Dr. Forbes just called me. Hello? Dr. Forbes? Uh, this is Lamont Cranston. I was in the shower and thought I heard the phone ring. The men at the desk told me you'd called. What's that? Margot Lane? Is it serious? I'll be there as soon as I can. Well, Margot, we're in for something and I don't know what it is. But whatever danger is ahead of us, at least we have the advantage of going into it with our eyes open. Where to, Mr. Cranston? Well, we want to go to the city university, Shreve. Yes, sir. Margo, I can't make head of my out of it. Genoa don't know what that means. Shreve, for heaven's sake, don't make all that noise, please. Well, golly, Mr. Cranston, I was only trying to cheer things up. I was only. Well, don't. You should ought to spend more time getting a laugh out of life. Well, like I did today, when you said she was trying to find the shadow. Or when them two guys jumped off the extradite machine when it melted. What do you mean, melted? Just like I say, if something melts, it, 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 it melts. Where was the excavation, Shrevy? Over on Main Street. Margo, I've got it. What? That's the answer. Shrevy, thank you. Thank you a thousand times. Oh, that's okay. I'm always... I'm... What are you thanking me for? You gave me the right track on a great invention. Oh, yeah, them steam shovels are certainly great. Stop thing. the car, Shrevy. I'm getting out here. Well, Lamont, I thought we were going to call on Professor Brown and Dr. Ford. Listen, Margo, this is much more serious than I thought. You must go to Professor Brown's lab alone. Your job is to keep them there. All right, Lamont. What are you going to do? I must go and disconnect those machines before the entire city is demolished. Oh, Miss Lane. Oh, I heard as fast as I could, Dr. Forbes. Is Mr. Cranston all right? Oh, it's nothing serious. Come with me. He's in the room in back of the laboratory. Oh, I do hope he's all right. Right in here. Sit down there, Miss Lane. What is the meaning of this? Sit down, Miss Lane. I'm oh, sorry to have doing? to do this, but I feel that you'd be less bothersome to me if I tie you to this chair. Stop it! This room is completely soundproof, so you can make all the noise you wish. Oh, let go of me. Where's Mr. Cranston? I guess you're securely tied. I hope none of the ropes cut you, but they won't hurt long. What are you going to do to me? 
Much as I deplore the necessity, Miss Lane, you must be destroyed. You see, you've inadvertently run into something a little bigger than you are. A simple plot that can't fail. I, one man alone, will know the secret of the gradual but complete demoralization of this whole country. And eventually our whole civilization. You alone? What about Professor Brown? <laughs> I'm sorry to say, Miss Lane, that he outlived his usefulness. Professor Brown is no longer associated with me. <laughs> For that matter, he's no longer associated with this world. <laughs> Rather amusing. I, uh, I wonder what's keeping Cranston. He should be here. Perhaps it would entertain you, Miss Lane, if I were to tell you about my invention. You're the most cold-blooded fiend I've ever heard of in my life. Strangely enough, that's a compliment. Thank you. Uh, but now to my invention. Yes. Tell me about it. Well, the simplest explanation is that it's a machine which generates invisible rays. But when two of these machines are placed opposite each other, unbelievable heat occurs at the point where the rays meet. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? But, Dr. Forbes, why must you destroy and kill? Why don't you put this great invention to some good use? Well, my dear Miss Lane, that depends entirely on one's point of view. Now I must show you exactly how this invention works. Directly in front of you is one of the machines in that packing case. Behind you is another one. Here by the door is a control panel. When I pull this lever, in less than five seconds, you will completely disappear. You will be dead. Gone. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Well, Miss Lane, I, I'm sorry. I can't wait any longer. I'll deal with Mr. Cranston separately. But you are going to die now. Don't touch that control panel, Dr. Forbes. Shadow. Tonight, Dr. Forbes, instead of destroying the three strategic points in this city, the machines that would have caused this damage have been destroyed. And you, Dr. Forbes, will be giving another lecture on your machine, but this time to the police. You're wrong, Shadow. The police will never know. There are three people in the world that know anything about my invention, and all three of us are in this room. None of us are going to leave this room alive. Amusing, isn't it? Shadow... No matter what you say, I'm going to destroy us all now. The lights. The current is off. Shadow, you threw that main switch on the wall. Shadow, I know where you are, and I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> I'm afraid you didn't know where I was, Doctor. You can never harm the shadow by shooting at his voice. His voice can come from anywhere. Amusing, isn't it? It'll do no good, Forbes. I have one shot left, Shadow. I saved it for myself. Shadow, turn on the lights. Oh, I never expected to see lights again. Margot, he's dead. The rest of this case is for the police. Lamont, I, I hate to bother you, but you'll have to untie these knots. Oh, Margot, what a terrible experience for you. How do you feel? If I were shaking anymore, I'd fall apart. That's too bad. Now, what's in that? I'll see. Wait a minute, I'll go with you. I don't want to be here alone. Shreve! I hope you shall excuse me for busting in the door, but I'm scared, Miss Lane. It's about them eggs. The eggs? Yeah, the eggs. You see, I thought it would be a nice surprise if I went to your place and cooked the eggs. So I put the wash boiler full of eggs on the living room floor on a hot plate, and then I thought I'd amuse myself by turning on one of them new television sets it looks like you got in your apartment. Shrevey, you didn't try them, did you? Yeah, yeah, I turned the switch on one of them and nothing happened, so I tried the other one. I just threw the switch on and off quick-like. Miss Lane, I don't know what happened. I, I can't find the wash boiler. But Miss Lane... 
Right in the middle of your rug, you got 400 of the nicest scrambled eggs you ever saw. <laughs> Today's program is based on a story copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. The Shadow Magazine is on sale at your local newsstand. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> and that's the shadow from March 24th, 1940, with the plot that failed, starring Bill Johnstone along with Marjorie Anderson. That was sponsored by Blue Coal, as heard on Mutual. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's the adventures of Philip Marlowe. The Aldrich family, gangbusters, have gun, will travel, Fibber McGee and Molly, and murder at midnight. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.